This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Fiorentino and we are the great ones. Today is April the 7th, our 25th show and the last regular season effort for the two of us in year number one for this hockey pod. Andrew, I'm pretty happy with the progress we've made and we've got a few days left in the regular season. Not a whole lot of uh, player profiles that are really relevant here unless we really focus on the teams that are in the re- remaining races. So I think that's where I'd like to uh, to steer our focus for this episode. There's a few unresolved uh, playoff races. So why don't we begin by taking a look at a few of them and seeing where the players who are the top-end guys will be spending more of their time on the ice as opposed to in the stands uh, getting a rest before the playoffs. So the Pacific Division features three California-based teams that long ago separated themselves from the pack, and now Anaheim has fi- actually finally caught the Kings tied with them at 99 points with a game in hand and a pivotal clash tonight in Los Angeles. What do you expect to see here in the next few days in the Pacific Division, Andrew? Well, uh, let me tell you, uh, Rotowire's own uh, Neil Parker today uh, publishes a, a DFS uh, article, uh, you know, like you do. Uh, you do the same one on Tuesdays, I believe. And he recommended tonight John Gibson and Ned uh, identifying a very interesting trend that the Kings have experienced lately, which is that, first of all, they've lost six of their last nine games, and of those three wins, none of them has come against a playoff-caliber team. So that puts, I think, Anaheim in a really interesting situation against this fading Kings team, the Ducks streaking, having rediscovered their offense uh, long since now. Uh, I like Anaheim to come out on top. I I think I'm in, in sync there. I, I really like what they've done in the second half of this season, not so quietly making up a huge deficit on the year, and... Uh, I think I think uh, the Kings are hearing the footsteps and feeling them really up close and personal. And tonight, they they have all the pressure, I think, because Anaheim does have a couple of uh, softer assignments going forward. Not that the Kings Kings have a visit in uh, against Winnipeg to close out their schedule, but the Ducks have two more cracks at a schedule after uh, games after tonight with Colorado and Washington on the docket. And I say Washington could be a soft touch because by the time the 10th rolls around, the last day of the season, the Caps may be resting half their roster, Andrew. So looking at the remaining looking games, to get Braden Holpe that record. I think he could get it in the next game. So game, so uh, looking to see him get it on Saturday night and maybe resting on Sunday. That that probably will be the plan there. Uh, if 
unless uh, they stumble. So we'll see what happens there. That's a tough call too, by the way, because do you want to really burn out, burn up Holtby with a couple of games and then uh, have him run into the playoffs, or do you want to give him a bit of a rest? That's a, that's another consideration, I guess. Now you know uh, those records are forever. Uh, the playoffs <laughs> are uh, just a gamble. <laughs> well, and and you know the coaching staff and the players they really want to get it for Braden Holtby, who's been an amazing uh, stud in fantasy this year. He, he's certainly served you and me well in the teams that we picked on the regular season, and uh, so I hope that he gets it. He's had a great year, and and he should walk away with the Vezina Trophy too. Uh, uh, to my mind, the best goalie in hockey right now, and uh, I think you're gonna have to swallow hard and agree to that, despite the fact you back Lundqvist so hard. Yeah, I hope he's had a little bit of a, a final month fade uh, along with yeah. another guy who's otherwise served me well, uh, Peter Mrazek, who, who these days is uh, has been usurped by Jimmy Howard uh, again as in a, a reversal of last season's situation. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, Andrew. Uh, we'll talk about the Detroit situation in a minute, but I am surprised about that goal, that goaltending. So, so, so let's put a bookmark there and, and come back to that for sure when we get to that that discussion. But uh, I want to stay in the West and, and clean up the, the Central Division and see what we think about uh, the remaining sched for three teams that are in that race. Dallas and St. Louis are currently tied at 105 points, four ahead of the Hawks. The Blues are in peril here, though, I think, because they have a tougher pair of remaining games and could easily drop from that first-place tie to as low as third place when you consider they face the Hawks and and they also get Washington in a game where I think Washington's going to play to try and win. And so those are two tough assignments. Meanwhile, Dallas gets relatively soft touches in Colorado and Nashville, two teams that really don't have a lot to play for at this stage. And Chicago, for their part, they have that match with St. Louis tonight and then a softy to finish the schedule at Columbus. So advantage Dallas for sure for the title, I think. And then St. Louis better really watch out because they can drop from the first place tie right into a road road uh, visit to Chicago in round number one if they're not careful. Yeah, they could really move around there. Yeah, you certainly have to like Dallas. Uh, Colorado's still without Nathan McKinnon and coming into tonight's game. Uh, you have to like that for the Stars. Yeah, so now let's get into the three-headed monster that includes the team in the city where you reside, and that's the Philadelphia Flyers, Detroit Red Wings, Boston Bruins. They're uh, vying for two playoff spots. Really, the, the Wings and the Bruins are, are, are the luckier of the two because they're going for third place in the Atlantic or that second wild card spot. The Flyers really have to pursue the second wild card and a critical win by by Detroit over Philly last night, a shutout. And you mentioned Jamie Howard in that to me, that's been a surprising development because I thought all year long it looked like Morazic was the number one guy. Well, what's happened, Andrew? What's happened in Detroit, in Detroit with the goaltending sitch? You know, I, I think Morazic just never had to play this many games, never really taken on a starter's role for a full NHL season. It's a grind, and he's uh, he's worn down a little bit here at the end of it, the, the first time that he's been asked to do that. And that's that's left Jimmy Howard. Uh, he's fresh, you know. Uh, you get to this stage of the year, there aren't a lot of fresh players out there, but Howard hasn't seen a big workload. And then, you know, look, looking toward the offseason, you think, okay, Detroit's got these two goalies. It looked to me like they were uh, – every sign was pointing that, that they were going to keep Mrazek, but now Howard's entered the mix, and you wonder what they're going to do. They have an awful lot of money tied up in those two guys, and that's going to cause a, a tough decision in the offseason, I, I believe, anyway. I think in the end, uh, this little run will help them sell Howard and actually get something decent back for him, uh, and they'll, they'll get a, you know, a younger guy to, to be Mrazek's backup. Yeah, and now let's make the call. Uh, there's three teams here. Detroit has 93 points with two games left. The Bruins have 91 with two games left. And they face off tonight in Boston. 
pivotal game more for the Bruins than Detroit, I think. Uh, Boston loses this one. They're done. And uh, the Flyers, meanwhile, they have three games, including a softie tonight at home against the Leafs and uh, two other games where, where they might catch the opposition in Ottawa not really caring about the game and New York maybe resting some players as well on the weekend. So I like the situation for Detroit and Philadelphia. I think Boston could be the odd team out. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly I think Detroit, you, know, you have to say they're in a good situation. Uh, the Red Wings look to be headed for their 25th consecutive playoff berth. But, uh, you know, Boston-Philadelphia is an interesting situation. As you note, the Flyers have, have that game in hand. Uh, Boston currently has one more uh, regulation and overtime win. So uh, it's going to come right down to, I think, really tonight's game is going to be uh, maybe the, the biggest decider in, in what happens in this playoff race. And, you know, I want to say a little bit of something in terms of the people that play Daily Fantasy uh, the rest of the next few days. And I'll, I read, wrote about it in the column that's going to be released later today in my From it's the Press. already, actually. Okay, perfect. And so what it talks about there is these few remaining games with the critical teams involved. I think that's where fantasy players have to focus, Andrew, because you want to be uh, icing the strongest team possible. That means you look for the teams that have things that are on the line and they need to rely on their their bit top players because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking to rest players or give some auditions to uh, third and fourth liners in in different roles so uh, unless you want surprises stick with what you know and stick with the teams that are playing for some with something really on the line is my message to our listeners who want to play the daily fantasy the rest of the regular season yeah and that's something we'll be discussing when we get to our FanDuel lineups uh, absolutely absolutely now Andrew I want to say something about the bottom of the standings too because as as we've been talking about there's a draft lottery that's that's really unique uh, and it's going to be tried out this year there's three rounds up for grabs and the Maple Leafs fell to 30th overall last night because of their defeat at the hands of Columbus. Congratulations. Who has Congratulations. I'm, I'm excited that Bubbly will pop tonight if the Philadelphia Flyers can do the Leafs a favor and be, Leaf fans a favor and defeat the Toronto tonight because Put out of their misery. that loss will clinch 30th for Toronto and give them the best 20% odds uh, uh, of getting that uh, draft lottery win, which would be so critical to, to the rebuild process. It would really fast-track it if they can get that that pick, I think. But uh, we'll have to wait for that for a few more hours. And uh, it really comes down to one more road win, road uh, loss for the Leafs of the last two games, rather. And uh, Edmonton could also uh, put the Leafs out of their misery by winning the second half of the back-to-back. They disposed of Vancouver in fine style last night in a game that preceded a really nice send-off to Rexall Place. I tuned it in. It was uh, it was really nice. They rolled out about 200 former players and uh, talked to all the big names and uh, the fans really enjoyed a, a fine send-off to that that uh, venerable arena. But uh, we want to stay with the fantasy talk, and uh, when we do that, we also do our fan duel lineups, Andrew. So why don't you lead us into that? So, as you guys probably can remember from previous editions of this show, go to FanDuel.com, can play one-day fantasy sports, win real money. Building a team's easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, sit back, and watch your team win. Uh, entry fees start at just $1, and anyone can play, so if you think you know fantasy, come and prove it at FanDuel. Join over 1 million other users who've already won. Go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use my code RWPOD, our code. It's our code. We own it. It's a <laughs> Rotowire code. And sign up now. There's a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. That's over $60 in value if you sign up with promo code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season, and where somebody is having his first game of the season in my lineup tonight. 
Excellent. And that is the Montreal Canadiens goalie. All right. Let's talk Charlie about it. Charlie Lindgren. <laughs> this guy. Never heard of the guy. He exists. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I've been assured by very reliable sources that Charlie Lindgren is a real person who's starting for the Montreal Canadiens tonight. And uh, he comes in right at the bottom level there of your goalie price range. You look at what he was able to do with St. Cloud State this past season. Uh, 40 games, uh, he won 30 of them with a 925 save percentage and a 2.13 goals against. He draws uh, a nice matchup for his first NHL start against the Carolina Hurricanes team that has had a lot of trouble putting the puck in the neck. Only uh, scored more than three goals, I think, maybe once in the last 11 games, something like that. So uh, a nice value play and goal there. Uh, I'll be interested to see where you go on this uh, final Thursday of the regular season. How much is your guy costing? 6500 Wow, that gives you some flexibility. you got some big guns out there on offense. I'll oh, bet. I sure do. I, I stuck close to your backyard for in picking Steve Mason tonight. He's not near the top. Uh, he's kind of in the middle of the pack, I guess. There's about 10 goalies ahead of him. I was surprised by that. So he comes in at 8600 bucks. I think that's fine value in a game that Philadelphia really has to have, and the Leafs aren't going to offer much resistance, I don't think. And I like Mason's chances to come out with an easy W and maybe, maybe even blank the Toronto squad tonight. Yeah, it makes sense to pick against a, a Leafs team that's motivated to lose. That's right. <laughs> what about your blue line, Andrew? Well, uh, anyone who's been listening to us uh, do these FanDuel lineups uh, for a little while will will find that I've got a couple of retreads here. A couple more for old time's sake. One more Shane Gostas Bear on that on that side of that Philadelphia Toronto matchup. Uh, Fifty one hundred salary, still not in line with the kind of production, the kind of offensive creativity he's bringing to the table. And then over uh, facing another uh, poor team in in Canada, those Ottawa Senators, uh, Aaron Ekblad in a road game. He's got six assists in the last four games, turning it on here down the stretch, uh, getting set for the playoffs. I like Ekblad to find the score sheet against an Ottawa team that uh, is not very good defensively. Well, I agree with you with the Gostas Bear thing. Uh, pick a $5,100, I think a solid bargain, one that really leaps off the page uh, in tonight's prices. But I also went with a uh, part of a Boston stack. I'll tease that. It's, this is all or nothing for Boston tonight. they got to have this win, and I think all their top guys will show up. And, uh, and foremost among them is their defensive linchpin, Tory Krug at 5800 bucks. He's going to be playing a ton tonight, particularly all the power play situations. He's the linchpin on that blue line there. And uh, I, I think they need to have a big game from him, and so I feel pretty good about throwing him in that lineup tonight. Yeah, it uh, sounds reasonable enough to me. We move up uh, to the centers, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, I did save a mon- an amount of money with Charlie Lindgren. I spent a whole lot center and at right wing. Uh, not a whole ton. It's, it wasn't too bad. All right, mm-hmm. I, I, I kept some value. Uh, so I've got Joe Thornton here at 6700 Thornton on a five-game point streak gets a, a nice home tilt against the Winnipeg team. Again, another Canadian team with nothing to play for. Uh, I think uh, Thornton, always a nice fantasy play, uh, even though uh, he doesn't take those shots that FanDuel rewards. Uh, he's still all over the score sheet here, uh, not showing his age. And on the other one, a guy who is also not showing his age, but in the other direction. That's young Alexander Barkov, who's been ripping it up lately. Goals in four consecutive games, points in seven straight. Barkov red hot, and again, getting a piece of that friendly matchup in Ottawa. 
Well, and and uh, to counter those picks, which are interesting because they they're involving teams that don't have a ton to play for. I'm sticking with my theory that I'm going with the guys that that really have a lot on the line. And the Boston stack continues with Patrice Bergeron, 7,600 bucks. Part of that all-or-nothing game. I mean, if Detroit comes up big, I'm shot in the foot here, Andrew. Basically, yeah, what I'm telling you're you. picking against a, a red-hot Jimmy Howard here. I know, I know, but this is this is it for Boston, and I don't think they uh, will back down from the challenge. And these big guns should. Deliver. They won't go quietly into the night. I don't think. And so we could re- really see a shootout there tonight uh, at the very least. And then back to Philadelphia, I go to, to send uh, Claude Giroux against the Leafs. I think he is a guy that, that is uh, kind of Bobby Clark, the, the version two, uh, I'll say. And when the team needs their leader to deliver, I think he's usually there more often than not. And this is a game where, where again, he won't find much resistance from the Leafs. And, and I think he could run amok. And for that 7800 bucks. I'll spend the big money because I think he'll he'll deliver. That's uh, okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the right wing, and that's where I, again, uh, picked a guy that doesn't have a ton to play for. And you talk about the Chicago St. Louis game. They're jockeying for position, and uh, the Blackhawks certainly make it interesting if they can win tonight. And well, I had money to spend, and I've got Patrick Kane on a three game wow. three nice. game multi point game streak in my lineup. Nice. 8400 doesn't come cheap, but uh, not the most expensive right wing on the board, interestingly. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko costs 100 bucks more. Yeah, that game is, is uh, featuring a lot of money on the line for sure. And so your two guys are? Oh, and the other one, of course. I got, I got my homer pick in the uh, in the Battle of New York. That's uh, Matt Zuccarello. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Wave the flag, wave the flag. <laughs> Zuccarello's been looking nice lately, Uh at his at his playmaking finest as we approach the playoffs, and uh, and they'll need him in a in a tough matchup against the Islanders who are you know are are not gonna just roll over because uh, they don't have a, you know a whole ton to to play for. No, this New York New York New York New York matchup uh, brings out the best and the worst in both clubs in some some instances when it gets down and dirty. So uh, interesting game to watch for sure. I'm I picked one of the guys in the in your Ranger lineup, but I picked. The opposite winger, I picked J.T. Miller, a guy that you've uh, you've uh, kind of opened my eyes to him, and and I like the way he plays, and he's earned a top six role, and and he's played with it for weeks now, and and delivered more often than not. So I like that pick, and and I'm pretty feeling pretty good about throwing him in the lineup tonight for 5,100 bucks. And then I I add again part of that Boston stack, Louis Erickson, 5,600 bucks, sticking with my plan to to say let's let's see the full house come come. Come to the table tonight for fifty six hundred. Yeah, it's a yeah, reasonable price for a guy who's been uh, very productive this year. He has. Uh, over on the the port side wing, I've got. You know, I, I was actually shocked to see this price as I was going down looking for a bargain at left wing. Uh, Mick, Michael Bodker is only forty three hundred tonight as the the Avalanche visit the Dallas Stars. Now I know that you know the Avs are shorthanded; they don't have Nathan McKinnon. They they don't have anything to play for really, but this Dallas team they give up goals. Kari Letton is good for three goals every game. Uh, Anthony Emmy is the same thing. Either of them is good for three goals every game. And uh, and Bodker's been getting on the score sheet more often than not for 4,300. Not a lot of risk and uh, some nice upside in what should be a, an offense tilted sort of matchup. And for the I, other one, okay, go. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry. No, second, it's okay. Second one. You go. got excited. You yep. got excited when I just talked for a while about vodka. That's what <laughs> happens. Uh, another one is a guy that I've also talked about a lot, uh, but not lately. He hasn't been doing a whole lot lately. He's been a little cold. 
But I think that the, this is going to be a, a close matchup between the Blues and the Blackhawks, and I'm on both sides of it. I got Jaden Schwartz in there, 5,500, against uh, Scott Darling, who is not exactly the, uh, the the 2015 version of himself. No, that's right, and I like that pick a lot. I think uh, he's he's an under-the-radar kind of guy, and I think you got him at a good price tonight. I really like that one. I went a little cheaper on the port side than you. I, I stuck uh, with the Boston plan and throwing in Matt Bolesky, who's been a fine producer. That's a full stack. You have a... Yeah, an I'm, entire stack. Yeah, and uh, but on the other side of that particular matchup, I threw in Justin Ablocator, who's playing first line minutes in Detroit, and he matches up well with any physicality that that Bruins are going to bring to the table tonight. And I think he's got to really lead the charge uh, in the other direction for the Wings. And if they're going to get uh, be a part of this game, I think he's going to be he's going to be a big role player tonight. And comes in cheap for forty three hundred bucks. Uh, I like that choice as a first line winger. Hedging your bets, I like it. In one in one instance, four to one in that game. Looking at my team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the Bruins stack from Paul. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, I'll be sure to to make fun of you next week if I remember if the Bruins get shut out uh, by uh, by a red hot Jimmy Howard. Uh, but let's let's go on. Let's talk about a little injury news. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, over in Anaheim, they've had this this goalie battle between John Gibson and Frederick Anderson, as mentioned, uh, Gibson in net tonight, and that's because Anderson is suffering from a concussion right now. Uh, do you know what the timeline is on, on that? Uh, what's, there, what's there's, no, like? there's no real no, news, but yeah. uh, he's got to go through the protocol, so you've got to think that the rest of the regular season is going to be He's going to be on the sidelines for sure. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs because I'm sure, certain the way it looks today, they're going to go with Gibson to start. But this is a team that will not uh, flinch when it comes time to look in another direction if they need to make a switch. And hopefully by that time, Anderson is ready to go. So uh, Gibson's fine play has bought them some time. They won't rush Anderson back. But in the offseason, I wonder what they're going to do in this circumstance because Anderson is an RFA and uh, this may impact a little bit into that, their plans uh, long term. Uh, the latest thing I'm seeing now is that Anderson is looking like uh, he might return this weekend, uh, Saturday or Sunday. So that would be great for them. Uh, as for the offseason, you know where he makes a, a ton of sense uh, is for Anaheim to send another goaltender over to Calgary, where, where they're, they're desperate in that uh, to get someone who can really uh, serve as, as the number one starter. And uh, Anderson is a, is a good player. I think he could thrive in Calgary. Well, I'm hoping that the Leafs make a play for him, uh, actually. Oh, yeah? because the Leafs are in a similar similar bind. I'm not sold on the Garrett Sparks experiment, and certainly I'm very not very high on Bernier. So they have a gaping hole here in Toronto, and, I, and Anderson's high on my wish list, believe me, when I say that. Makes sense to me. Uh, I, you know, I, I think a lot of teams would welcome the services of a Frederick Anderson uh, looking over to Boston, they're going to be a little shorthanded tonight. They've got both Jimmy Hayes and Dennis Seidenberg out with undisclosed injuries. Uh, not really clear what the situation is there, but Hayes really hasn't been contributing a whole lot anyway. Maybe maybe addition by subtraction there. Yeah, Seidenberg, th- just a, a solid presence on the blue line, it, it isn't gonna gonna really cripple them for tonight's game. No, I think long term, if they make the playoffs, though, they would rely on Dennis Seidenberg and more of a shutdown pairing. I can see them doing what they've done in previous years, par- partnering him with Chara in the playoffs to be that shutdown defense pairing, and that's where I see the big loss for Detroit, for Boston and and uh, really they need him and they need him in the lineup tonight more than they need Hayes, like you said, but uh, they're going to go in and see what they can do with uh, the nebulous nature of these injuries. It's a bit of a shame that they can't ice a full deck tonight in a game that really is their season. 
Yeah. And one injury note here that really sticks out to me is Tyler Sagan. Uh, been out with that Achilles tear. Uh, well, not tear, I suppose. Uh, laceration, if you will. Uh, he's skating again. He's back on, back out there on the ice. Uh, not, not ready to return. Uh, he's still skating in a limited fashion. But he could be back maybe even in the first round of the playoffs. It seems conceivable. Absolutely. Uh, that would be a huge boon for the, the, the Stars. They certainly need him to be back if they want an extended run in the playoffs. But uh, he, he's probably lost to be for the rest of the regular season, so they're going to take their chances that they can hold on to first place and maybe get that soft first-round matchup that even buys them some time there. So the, the way they finish the season could really play a determining role in, in just when Sagan does come back so that they don't really need to rush him given uh, the right matchup. But uh, maybe maybe let's talk about your favorite club. They've got a couple of bu- serious bumps on the blue line that you must be a little bit concerned about. Ryan McDonough, he blocked a shot with his hand. I saw it. It didn't look very good. And then uh, we got Dan Girardi with an upper body injury. That's two key guys on the, on the Ranger blue line. And uh, when I think the Rangers, uh, I think defense first. And so I'm a little concerned for, for your favorite club. Yeah, you have to be concerned any time you lose uh, two guys who you have to say are your most reliable defensemen. Uh, McDonough out indefinitely right now. Girardi, we don't know what the timeline is there after he got plowed into the boards uh, the other night. Uh, really didn't look good. Uh, hit his head, may have smashed his collarbone. It's really unclear exactly yeah. what the nature of the injury is. But you know, obviously if he's got a broken collarbone, he's out for the season. Uh, and if he has a concussion, uh, you know, only a concussion – which is, you know, only yeah, I, I only en- have a head injury. That's bad enough, man. <laughs> um, that would uh, that would you know certainly knock him out for you know perhaps for a couple of weeks, uh, especially considering the way that he was down on the ice after he, he took that hit. So yeah, big losses to the Rangers. They do have depth. That's one good thing that they have going for them. Uh, but they're really going to need Keith Yandel to step up and play like a, a number one defenseman, and that's really not a situation that they want to put him in. And, Andrew, the team that they're more most likely to play, it looks like, has is, is got their issues, too, uh, in net and on defense. Uh, Pittsburgh dealing with a, a concussion issue with, with uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. And then, to make matters worse, Ole Matta, their young uh, up-and-coming defenseman, has a lower body hurt, and he's out at least a week, it seems. But the key thing there is, is with Fleury's injury, they're going to probably have to look at starting their uh, highly touted rookie goalie Murray and Matt Murray uh, getting a taste of late season action, playing some key games and playing well. But when the playoffs roll around, you wonder if he's going to feel the jitters and particularly in a high pressure matchup against the rival Rangers. Yeah. As hot as Sidney Crosby has been and as great, uh, stunningly great, I have to say, as Nick Benino has been centering the second line, I really, I'm not afraid of the, the Penguins in the playoffs. I mean, are, they've choked through the playoffs so many times. Maybe it's it's almost a favor to them if they don't have Flurry in net. <laughs> well, I you know, all bets are off uh, him until he shows me something. I, I stay steer away from him because, like you said, he's been embarrassed, flat out embarrassed in a, in a couple of series, and you saw them up close probably in in that they involved the Philadelphia Flyers and. Uh, and so he's got to really turn that around. He's had another fine regular season, but now with this concussion, there's a really dark cloud hanging over him, and he's got to uh, come back and come back and find style to, to remove all that doubt. Yeah. Uh, moving a little – okay, we'll stay in the direction of injury news because as we know, uh, or as we haven't quite yet discussed, uh, Stephen Stamkos done with these blood clots, uh, probably done for the season, uh, including the playoffs, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, accordingly – we finally got a, uh, a call-up 
<laughs> the guy we've been talking about all year long, that's Jonathan Drouin, brought up from uh, from AHL Syracuse. Uh, gonna maybe even see some top six ice time uh, up with the the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, tonight. Tonight? Are they playing tonight? Yeah, uh, no. yeah they are. Yes. There's 20, 13 games, so you're... I just assumed that, I was like, uh, they're probably playing tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're playing in New Jersey, of course, uh, Keith Kincaid getting the start there. Uh, an interesting situation for Dren, who, uh, you know, it's not like he was killing it in the AHL. It wasn't amazing. Uh, talking about uh, 13 points in 17 games, so you don't have 11 goals out of those 13 points. Uh, the, fly, the, the Lightning could use some of that goal-scoring mojo as they uh, try to close out the season strong. Yeah, this could be a real uh, silver lining for them in terms of maybe rescuing the relationship they have uh, uh, seen go down the drain with Drouin for most of the season. So while they lose Stamkos, who I believe has played his last game in Tampa, uh, they may be uh, salvaging the relationship with Drouin and may be able to coax him into some great hockey in the playoffs and then maybe uh, putting bygones behind them and, and moving forward with him in, in tow which would be a lot cheaper than the Stamkos option and maybe almost as talented when you look at what Drouin has been all about in terms of uh, the early trajectory of his career, particularly in junior. This guy was a very highly touted player, and really things haven't really come together, but now he's got a shot to pull it all together at a time when Tampa needs him the most. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, he's got a great chance to to change that storyline. Speaking of storylines, here's one you guys have heard before this year. If you go to rotowire.com slash pod, you can sign yourself up for a free 10-day subscription to Rotowire. You can listen to all of our various podcasts, check out the coverage as we're here early in the baseball season. We've got some nice off-season NFL coverage. Rotowire.com slash pod. Let's, uh, let's go to the stud of the week. Stud of the week is not a player this week, and it's more a reflection on what he's done in the second half of the season. I'm talking about Bruce Boudreaux, the coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Andrew, I give this guy a ton of credit because when I look at the roster depth of LA and San Jose and Anaheim, I think Anaheim comes up a distant third in my opinion. And yet he's rescued their season. They started off terribly. He didn't panic. He just reorganized things. He did something that I thought I'd never see splitting up Perry and Getzlaff. And that seemed to be a catalyst to changing the fortunes of this team, which has had a torrid second half and has blown past most of the teams in the standings and finally caught L.A., and as you noted earlier, they do have the game in hand, and uh, and they have the, the the kings on the ropes, and, and they could finish, deliver a coup de grace tonight if they can win that game and, and uh, take first place in the division and leaving the other two California-based teams to duke it out in the first round. That's a matchup that all three teams want to avoid, and right now Anaheim looks like the club, and I think kudos, uh, kudos have to go out to Bruce Boudreau for leading this second-half charge and positioning the Ducks to maybe watch that that awful first-round matchup with the other two clubs battling, and they may be picking up the spoils in round number two. Yeah, you know, uh, did you watch 24-7 uh, back yeah, when yeah. The, the Penguins and Capitals were on it? Yep. Uh, because, as as uh, okay, first of all, I think Bruce Boudreau is a really good coach, uh, but the, the abiding mental image in my head of Bruce Boudreau is that one scene from 24-7 where they inexplicably recorded this interview while he had barbecue sauce on his face. And I just I just can never forget. I think Bruce Boudreau, I think barbecue sauce. 
He's every man. He's every man as coach. Uh, uh, a regular guy. Not wor- not to worry about how he looks. He's he looks rum- rumpled more often than not. But uh, but boy, he's got it between the ears, and he's he's. I think he he's got the record for the fastest uh, to uh, 600 wins in his career, uh, if I'm not mistaken, among uh, coaches all time. So he's been a success for a long time, and I really don't think he's ever got his due. But uh, the successful turn that the club has taken this year has been following behind him, and I think he should be recognized in the offseason with the Coach of the, of the Year award. But he gets I, my, I my nod to me. He, he deserves it. Uh, he's He really, you know... Having a steady hand on the tiller is really important when you've got guys who start off as cold as these uh, these Anaheim Ducks did this year. And he, he stayed with them. He didn't panic. Uh, he made the right moves. He, he ran his bench, and, and he, 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 loved, he turned them around. Yeah. So two thumbs up for, for Bruce tonight and from our corner. Uh, the rant of the week, Andrew, this is long overdue. Uh, I, I'm a little older than you, and I remember – the art of the one-timer was more a part of hockey than than it is right now. It seems these composite sticks are to blame. Many times you see a pass from one wing to the other, and the guy takes the wind-up and the stick breaks in half. I think the number of sticks that we've seen broken in the shaft area is ridiculous this year. And I know that a lot of players like a lot of flex in their sticks, and maybe that the two issues are tied with one another. But... I've also noticed that the hard one-timers, they don't happen as often as I used to see. Instead, we're seeing more time to set up, and then that allows people to get in front of the shots, and they're blocked, and and they go awry. It's just a part of the game that used to be such a pleasure to watch when you'd see the great pass lead to the great one-time opportunity, and it would be converted more often than not. Just not seeing it anymore, these composite sticks are at least partly to blame, and they've got to go. I want to see this thing fixed in the offseason. I don't know. Uh, you know, the game has changed. Uh, when you when you talk about guys taking you know shots from straight on, uh, at these days NHL goalies stop ninety five percent of those shots, no matter how hard they're coming. Uh, I think uh, the you know the the wrist shot, the snapshot have become a much bigger part of the game. That's why you see the flex in these sticks because they can get so much momentum on these shots. Uh, just these little snappers uh, from in close that 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 is the one you know one of the best ways to beat goalies one on one. Uh, at, you know, in this era of the NHL, so I, you know, I think I'm fine with the composite stick. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a purist like you. Uh, <laughs> composite sticks, shootouts, it's all good with me. No shootouts, we'll, we'll forever disagree on that one, Andrew. But uh, you and I are both excited about the onset of the playoffs next week, and uh, we promise our viewers that listeners that we're going to give a, a great rundown on the well, first. We can promise round. our viewers too. We're going to give them a great we promise run- each other because we're looking at each other right now. That's right. <laughs> we and are our gonna, viewers. We're going to get eight <laughs> series to talk about next week. It's the it's the greatest part of any playoff that's out there on the North American Sports Horizon, in my opinion. The first round of a two month journey that takes people to to the, the the promised land. The promised land where they win the most beautiful cup uh, in all of sports, and I think it's something we we're looking forward to. But that, we'll wrap it up for this week. Uh, that's another episode of uh, The Great Ones in the Books, our 25th. We reached a quarter of a century, Andrew. Congratulations to you, and thanks for, for joining me on this ride. It's been a ball, and I'm looking forward to the postseason. So for Andrew Fiorentino, I'm Paul Bruno, thanking you for giving us a listen and inviting you to come back and catch the next episode of our show a week from now when we fire up our playoff preview. So long, everybody.